A few days ago was an interesting turn because uh, I'd asked my friend Chris to come by my apartment for a conversation for the podcast um, in my effort to just keep moving forward no matter how I feel. I just keep moving forward, just doing this. Even if it just goes up on private links and nobody hears them, it doesn't matter. It matters that I just keep moving forward with my project because I wake up and feel all different ways and sometimes very much do not want to participate in anything. So Chris was coming over and and I was moody moody that day a few days ago and not feeling it but you know forced myself to clean up a little and get things ready and and when I say clean up a little I mean just a little. <laughs> I didn't go crazy. Um it was it was a funny day cuz it that day was the first day that things started turning for me and I could feel the depression lifting. So I was getting a little relief by the end of the conversation. And then toward the night when I was doing some editing, I was like, oh, this this is working. This is really, I think it's working because I feel connection and I feel connection with Chris and I get to listen to his voice. And it's also important for me to keep exploring these friendships, like my friendship with Chris. He's somebody I've known over 15, 20 years. And, um, and I really just love Chris. He's, I'm always excited when I see him. I, I just look at him, my face lights up. He's darling and sweet to me. And we do projects together. And he's got a great sense of humor. And he's trying with his art. He's moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. And he's always been really inspirational to me. He's always working on an artistic project. No matter what, no matter how broke he is, no matter how depressed he is, he keeps moving forward and his perspective really helped me that day and it's helped me and I've felt a little better ever since talking to him. So anyway, here's our conversation. Next stop, Capitol Hill Station. Can I get a deluxe fries, a medium coke, and two ketchups, please? Deluxe fry, medium coke, two ketchups. Crossing Broadway. Block sign is on. Crossing Broadway. Welcome. Are we doing this? Now, now, now I'm now I'm rolling. It took me, it takes me a while to oh, to dial everything in. Yeah. As you know, <laughs> there's cords and microphones and compressors and preamps and stuff. In the future. Yeah. We won't need any of this stuff to record ourselves. It'll just happen. It'll be like that episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll put a little bean behind our ears and we'll be set. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Uh, I cleaned up for you. This is clean. (laughs) It's cleaner than my place. This is what I consider clean. This This is is now, it's degraded to that point. Um, It's not bad. It's, It's like I can't deal anymore. It's like you live with equipment. I live with... <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. This place is just too fucking small. Uh, there's things I have to have for what I do. I right. have to have... I have to have things. But, um... So... I've been doing this podcast. None of it is published yet. It's all... Top just, secret. It's it's not that it's top secret. It just hasn't been... Nothing's... Just say it's top secret. Then it's people top will want to watch it. Or listen to it, I should say. Shh. 
Okay, we won't even talk about it. Yeah, I've been doing this. I started out like interviewing people. Yeah. Like I interviewed like Sarah, mm-hmm. but then it was just weird because yeah. it's weird to interview somebody that you know. Right. And then it just makes me sound like a moron, which I already, you know, like it's just not, doesn't work. How do so, I know you? <laughs> so, you so Amy, why don't you tell the audience how I know you? No, it's more like the whole point, and I'll, I'll just say it, is that I, I'm, I'm clinically depressed right now. But I'm really trying really hard to not climb into bed over there. Yeah. And I'm trying to stay connected. It must be really hard for you to not get into bed while I'm here. I know. I, I want right. to get in bed with you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Spoon time. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Spoon-a-Dane. Spoon-a-Dane time. Uh-huh. And so, no, I just like to call you when I'm in the bathtub. That's our thing. Yeah. Have long conversations. We should organize a bathtub phone call date. Yeah. For sure. I love the bathtub. It's a good time for me to talk to you. Yeah. Everything's stripped away. Yeah. I feel naked because mm-hmm. I am. Because you are, yeah. 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 So in this depression that I'm in, and it's this long, I realize it's just a long process. So I'm trying to be healthy and do healthy things, you know, exercise, mm-hmm. yeah. eat right, don't, you know, avoid alcohol, avoid, avoid all the things I like. <laughs> The yeah, list yeah. goes yeah, on. Yeah. I have this now I have this portable audio bag down mm-hmm. there. And so I can throw it over my shoulder mm-hmm. and go out and, and talk to people. Yeah. So now instead of like sitting home and getting really weird, I just go out and talk to people. Oh, see, like I thought I was coming over here to make it more convenient for you, but really I'm just adding to your depression by coming here instead of you coming to my place. Well my therapist did say that time at home even if I'm do- working on something, doesn't count for out of the house time. Yeah. However, the sound is better here. Oh, except for the refrigerator's on. <laughs> Are you? I thought you were getting in the bathtub. No, I. W- <laughs> I had to write the word refrigerator on my mi- on my bathroom oh, mirror yeah. because I don't want to do what you did. Yeah. And what? Tell everybody what you. Well, did. you know, we we made a short film at at my apartment, and then. It was like, oh, oh, the refrigerator's making noise. Better turn that off. So we did, and then we didn't turn it back on. And which is very common when you yes. make. It's very common when you do any kind of audio or home stuff to, to unplug your fridge because they're very loud. Yeah. And then, like all creative people, we don't remember. To yeah, right, 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 right. I think that my technique of like the the note, the note on the bathroom. Do you, do you write it on the mirror? You write it on the mirror. I write it on the mirror. Yeah, in lipstick. Yeah. I hope. In, <laughs> Lipstick and pancake makeup, which is what I use. Yeah, um, but you know the funny thing was after we screwed that up with the refrigerator, I had a couple of the actors come over to do ADR work. Right. And I did it again. So you did it twice. You bought yeah. groceries twice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Two full-on right. grocery right. shopping. Five thousand dollars yeah. down the drain. So and and the other thing about this depression I'm in is like, can you know I I've noticed that I. I'm missing parts of my personality. Like I don't feel as funny. I don't feel as this or that. But I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm. I'm just gonna see if I can have an interesting conversation. Yeah. Missing huge gaps of who I am. Do you can feel like happen? you're not yourself? Um. Because you seem like yourself. Do I? Yeah, you do. Do I? Well, yeah. I mentioned your hair's back already. Yeah. There's the hair is a yeah. You got your hair. Do back. you like it? Is I that do. What you're it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's like it feels like Amy hair. But you seem like yourself, and it's funny because I listened to your top secret pilot episode of this. Uh huh. And it was like you mentioned like you're not going to try to be funny, and 
that's what's interesting for me to hear that was I never have thought of you as someone who tries to be funny. Right. You just are funny. You're like one of my favorite people, and part of the reason is because you are so funny. But I never feel like you're performing. I just feel like you're a funny person. You know, I was just thinking about the funny today because yeah. I was watching, I have been watching some YouTube videos of different comics that I like, or I'll watch, you know, like Bridget. I don't know, like lately I've been, I was watching Nikki Glazer because I wanted to see what her stand up was like. Because she's got like a show on Comedy Central. And then I was watching a little of Bridget Everett, which is that woman that Amy Schumer often puts on her show. Oh, okay. Anyway, some just different yeah. comics. Um, sometimes if I don't know somebody's material, I just YouTube it like. I'm not that familiar, even though I really should be with... Who's the guy that talks about Star Wars all the time? Patton Oswalt. Yeah, Patton yeah. Oswalt. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, people like that where mm-hmm. it's like, I should know their shtick yeah. by now. Yeah. But I turned on this kind of comedy roundtable thing where these um, three or four comics were just talking. And and they're, they are so quick, obviously. Yeah. Because they're professional comics and they're really fucking funny people, you know? And just watching them all riff and, and just rapid yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... Oh, you know, when you do, I think it's more for me like I've relied on comedy as a coping mechanism or, you know, or being funny as a coping mechanism and always looking for the joke. I think when your brain is kind of looking for the joke, you can, I can be hyper quick in finding it. I'm not, I haven't been like that in in kind of years, really. You know, I was like that a lot when I had Watertown, but I feel like I was my system was amped and jacked up a little bit higher so is it the coffee no <laughs> i think it's just you're looking for the joke yeah i mean i think when people are doing stand-up they're they're constantly their brain is in that mode of looking for the joke and lately the other thing too is i've been really trying to um and this is a funny thing when it comes because i go on and off facebook but for like a year i haven't really felt like I used to feel like I'd put funny things up or rant about something and be funny <laughs> uh-huh, or, yeah. or take a little time to craft something a little bit so that it was worded in a funny way. And then, like, I stopped caring and then n- nothing was crafted at all. And then I just invited misspellings into my life and gr- grammatical errors. And then people are, like, t- you know, pointing out, like, it's there, not there. You know, and it's like, oh, oh uh-huh, I'm that yeah. person now because yeah. I don't care anymore. I basically... But, but I think I think it's better to be that person than the person who points out your grammatical errors. I think so, too, because nobody yeah. likes a grammarian. Yeah, somebody yeah. pointed something out that I wrote the other day, and I was like, what? And he was like, oh, it should be this. And I was like... Whatever. Uh, often we're on our phones. Besides, we live in a post-spelling correctly society. I mean, like I was, just, yeah. I was talking to Brian McDonald. He has dyslexia. He can't spell for shit. Yeah. But he writes great, and yeah. the content is great. Yeah. And and I feel like good, good. Yeah. I don't care about how it's spelled. I just want to know how Am if I, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. And that's what communication is. It's not about like you know Mrs. Yeah. Beetle bullshit. But you know. <laughs> right. But yeah. Yeah. The, but back to the the being funny thing and watching these comics just belt it out just like rapid fire and i was like wow i can't really do i don't feel like i can do that anymore i feel like the other thing that disarms has disarmed me is i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings anymore mm-hmm. i never wanted to hurt anybody's feelings i just didn't notice when i hurt somebody's yeah. feelings so I can relate to that. I like to really play hard and make fun of people. I, too, like to be made fun right. of. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally... I think we kind of have a similar sense of humor. 
I think the most boring way you can tell somebody I really like you and care about you is to say, I really like you and care about you. Right. I think what I try to do is, and I know it's not maybe the greatest way to do it, I will, you know, just spar with them. And depending on who the person is, they either understand that me flipping them shit is my way of saying I love you and care about you, or they are offended by it. And I just assume everybody gets it by now. Right. But not everybody does. And even people I've known for a real long time. Uh-huh. And that can be frustrating because it's sort of like, oh, did you think I really meant right. what I said there? Because I figured you know me well enough to know that that was my way of saying, I think you're awesome. Yeah. I know you love me because you make fun of me mercilessly. <laughs> And you, you know, I mean, but you make fun of me good. I mean, it's, it's, I love it. You know, I, the worst, I think when I know that my life is like really bad is when people are being really nice to me. Uh huh. Like, yeah. oh, Amy's going through a hard time. Yeah. Amy, you look nice today. I mean, or something. <laughs> no, no one has ever said that to no. you. Because <laughs> then it would just make me feel, it makes me feel yeah. weird. I can tell when people are being nice to me. Right. Because they're scared of me or scared of how I'm. Yeah. I am being... No, well, it's, I mean, for me personally, I know, like, now that I understand that you're actually dealing with something much deeper than I ever realized, I feel like I need to check in with you now and then and just see how you're doing. But right. then as soon as you're like, hey, I'm doing okay, it's like, great, now I can start giving you shit again. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think there's a difference between how we just interact with people and then also how we really feel about them, right? I mean... As a writer myself, that's one of the things about subtext, right? It's like if you can have a scene where on the surface they seem to be talking about attacking the alien spaceship, but like underneath it all, it's like these two people are really saying they love each other. Like right. the, the end of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is, uh -huh. I mean, it's such a great scene where they're trapped inside of this fort with the Bolivian army is, has surrounded them, and it's like 300 guys against two of them, and they just say stuff to each other like, Next time I say we go to Argentina, we should go to Argentina. And then they run out the door and... Right, they make a little joke about their hopeless situation. Right, but it's... That's a goodbye, I love you. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so, to me, that's always way more interesting to throw it out there that way. Right. Um, but again, sometimes people don't get your intent. Right. And that's the that's been another interesting thing about my kind of weird, fragile mental situation that I've had to realize the extents to which it's fragile is also the ways in which I connect in with my friends. So I'm having these conversations now, like I'm having with you right now. And because I've been having this connection problem, I can't, it's really hard to explain. I mean, the podcast itself is called Struggle to Connect, which is so like, <laughs> that sounds so depressing, but it's too late to change it now. Yeah. It, it is, but it is to totally a struggle like I'm yeah I, it's like how do I feel if sometimes I feel like I'm out of my body sometimes I feel like a, a cardboard cutout and mm -hmm. walk around in the world and I feel like I'm completely empty or, or how, how, how does that manifest itself give me an example of that um it it feels like I'm made of nothing like I, I just don't feel sometimes I just don't even feel anything and yeah. and sometimes I I I don't have anything to say or anything to offer. And it, like I got on Twitter because I'm not on Facebook yeah. and I don't have anything to say. I just don't. 
I, mean, I, I don't one, think that's true. I mean, but. well, it's it's one thing to talk on Facebook because you know who your audience is. Right. Twitter's just the fucking world. I don't have anything to say to them. Yeah. So, but again, I, I don't think that's true. There's a lot of things I'm not going to say, not because I don't feel something about them, but right. it just. Orlando's a funny one. Okay, so this hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. This thing happens, and it's so commonplace. Mass shootings are so commonplace. My day, my plans that day, nothing was disrupted. Mm-hmm. I went along in my day, business as usual. That oh. night, I stepped back and I was like, oh, this is the worst shooting in mass shoot, you know, in yeah. US history. Yeah. It didn't even, it didn't dawn on me really that morning that it was because I'm like, oh yeah, of course, of course a bunch of gay people got shot. Right. That was a bit of a cardboard cutout day for me where I didn't feel, what am I supposed to say? Sign another gun petition? Right. Tell people to get rid of their weapons? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, that's more of where I'm in the stop the world I want to get off type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Where I'm like, this is always going to happen. Right. It's just going to happen yeah. and happen and happen. And it's, what, I can't remember if it's a, sci-fi movie or a star trek episode where there's like people and they live this great life but every once in a while somebody from the underworld comes and grabs one of their young or something and that's oh. like and that's like the price you pay yeah it's oh like, right and I, I don't think i saw it but i've heard of this yeah but yeah it's like this is the price we pay right we have this wealthy society and we all live okay lives even my kind of super crap apartment down here right. but by worldwide standards <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's quite yeah. fine yeah you know and and the price i pay is that that mass shootings are going to happen like every 20 days mm-hmm. no it was uh, funny last night i watched samantha b's full frontal or whatever and mm-hmm. and uh and she pointed out how marco rubio's response was like you know unfortunately it was orlando's turn and she was like, it was Orlando's turn. Like, hey, Marilyn, can you do, take our mass shooting next week? Because, you know, us here in Wisconsin, we're busy. So we can re- maybe switch with you guys. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. That one yeah. like went right past me. But it is like, yeah, it's your turn. It's ridiculous. Well, that's, that's kind of even what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I'm basically not agreeing with Margot Rubio, but kind of like that sentiment is like, well, this is how it is now. Yeah, There's no, nothing it, we can do about yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's it's the one thing that still like really kind of gets my ire was every time there's one of these shootings. It's just I mean I I go on Facebook and I repost Jim Jeffries, the Australian comedian. He's got a whole thing about how Australia got rid of guns after they had a mass shooting in '96, and I just repost that every single time there's one of these. Oh, and their shootings, shootings went down. There. Oh, they've stopped. I mean they they literally got rid of. All of their guns. But it's not guns that kill people. So, I mean, like... Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that is, again, people having AR-15s is ludicrous. Yeah. It's just ludicrous. Yeah. I don't even want to argue about it anymore. No, I mean, it's funny because, like, I mean, I hear people on the radio and they just get so defensive. Of, well, it's not really an assault rifle and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It's being used for slaughter. So, right. It has no other purpose. Right. It's like I get this. Like people could go and do this with a knife. It's like right. not no. really, Mm-mm. not really. Nope. You can still you can fuck a lot of people up with a knife, but chances are it's not going to be. You can't kill 50. fifty people with a knife. Yeah, someone's going to drop yeah. you before you get to. to and 50. these are the kind of arguments that I'm completely done having. Yeah. I know people that own guns, and I 
you know, there are people in my life where it's just, I'm sorry, it's never going to happen that I'm going to have this conversation again. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to your stupid mouth say it over and over again. But the thing that's interesting, I, I have friends <laughs> that have guns too, and from what conversations I've had with most of these people, they're like, yeah, we need to regulate this stuff. I mean, it's like being a responsible car owner. If there were people taking cars, just constantly plowing through malls full of people, I think most car owners would go like, hey, we should do something about this. <laughs> like, this is wrong. And uh, and I don't understand what this super, super, super... Oh, you can't enact any movement toward the slightest bit of rational gun regulation yeah. or else you're coming to take our guns. That's the mentality that it's like, well, we just live in different worlds. I mean, that said, I don't know if you've seen this on the news today. I guess the democratic senate it's finally starting to like they're doing a filibuster right now until the republican side will start talking about this so oh good who knows where that's going to go i mean i have so little faith that this is going to lead to anything that i'm not excited about it right so yeah and i think politics too and i think facebook which i'm not on right now but which i go on and off of is like that's another argument i'm not having i'm not going to talk about it anymore oh i'm not going to kind of be told that what I'm saying is not real. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for instance, I care about breaking up Wall Street, but I also think it's more important that a five-year-old girl see a woman be president. There's no thing that I can show you that can show that that has value. Right. And then, but, sorry, that's just what I think. Right. Yeah. And that's, I'm not going to argue about it. Yeah. That's it. No, I mean, it's... (sighs) You know, and so that's where I'm... That's the part of me that's just like, ah, I'm done arguing about that. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> There's is. There's no need. I got to say, I mean, I feel like this election season is terrifying in, in that I fear so many Bernie people are going to, like, just go, screw it. We wanted Bernie. If we can't have him, we don't want anyone. It's like, well, that's great, but that's not how it works. Someone is going into the White House. Right. It's not like. It's not like Obama gets another shift because we couldn't decide. It's right. like there is one of these two people is going in there. It's a little infantile to act like stomp your feet and right. say if it's not my guy, it's nobody. Yeah. And it'd be also it'd also be one thing if it was like the other candidate was somebody that was reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about Trump, not Hillary. You know, it's right. like honestly, I mean. I would like to see Bernie in there, but I'm fine with Hillary. It's like, yeah. I think she'll do a great job. You know, You're not going to not vote. Yeah. And I think, honestly, yeah. I think, like, I think she'll be good. She's a tough person. And mm-hmm. so, like. She's moved to the left because of this whole. She's moved movement. to the left. Yeah. Well, because yeah, because yeah. The, the Bernie movement yeah. did work to move yeah. toward moving her to the left. And I think that it was successful. Absolutely. That. And I think, to me, she has always seemed so desperate to get into the White House that she kind of comes across as a desperate you know somebody you're dating mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know and yeah. it's like hey that's like you're so desperate you're this is like very unattractive but i think once she like gets the nominate not the nomination but i think once she like wins hopefully that i think when she's in there she'll like chill the fuck out and I think it'll she's be like already chilled a little bit i think so too and yeah. i also think that i've liked bernie all along but then this something happened in the last month that made me think oh you're full of hubris and drinking your own Kool-Aid now. You know, there was a little bit of that That's quality. what my mom's saying. I haven't seen it yet. It, I, but I honestly, yeah. I haven't followed it that closely because I'm just I'm sort of but like, it's, look, it's whichever one of these two gets in, I'm cool with it. I would like there to be just a moment of recognition that it's important that a woman just got the nomination of a major party for the first time in our country's history. There needs yeah. to be a moment 
where angry men just step back and go like, okay, that's important. Right. Just for a second. Mm -hmm. Just for a second. Yeah. Just like put down your hate (laughs) missiles for a second and your Bernie missiles. Just for one second, like give that some sense of the importance that it it's super it exciting it's important it just yeah. is and if 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 that doesn't get recognized the women in your life will just be like mm, i'm not gonna say anything but i sure did notice that <laughs> and it's right. gonna come out obliquely later yeah. on yeah, yeah yeah so that said we can we not to talk about them anymore but i think that largely we're in agreement I, I think like. we agree i feel yeah. we agree we can move on yeah moving on <laughs> and moving on to creative things you are a filmmaker and recently you you've had this idea to get your like we all do even me with audio and doing these recordings has been helpful to just get me going again Mm -hmm. and you of course you write you direct and you do these things but you can't sit around and not sharpen your skills waiting around for a directing gig and then you get a directing gig and you're like oh wait hold on how do i do this yeah yeah so how has that been going um so what you're talking about is the uh the the, the therapy film club therapy film club which yes. uh, uh, the idea there is that I got uh, for Christmas a couple of years ago somebody gave me it was part it was in my stocking so I don't know who it was I guess it was Santa brought it and it was a, a set of therapy flashcards and I can't tell if they're really old or if there's something new made to look old but whatever they were it was just sort of like each card had a different neuroses or just a different therapy issue and I was like I don't know what these are going to be good for but they seem funny it seemed like I should hang on to them and so after David Bowie died I fell into like a severe depression what is my purpose here like what the hell I don't really have any family I'm basically deep in debt I'm just working so that I can funnel money from one corporation through me to another corporation it was you know my Mm -hmm. whole life I've wanted to be a filmmaker but now I wasn't doing it I was using filmmaking skills Right, to make corporate video. Right. Or to do whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, or and to work on hoarders. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. I'm happy to have the work. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, this is not why I got excited about this when I was 12 years old. So I got this idea, like, I should try and do a short film a month. And the idea of coming up with a story each month can be kind of daunting. So I wanted to kind of narrow that focus down. And what I started to do was I started to pull out a flashcard. And that was going to be the theme. So, for example, the first one that you worked on, the Olympian, the theme of that was persecution complex. So it's like, all right, how do I come up with a short idea to kind of illustrate this? And it doesn't have to be like this is what persecution complex is. It's just sort of like that's something for it to revolve around. A loose theme that you're going around and, and to give, you know, like some sort of structure to your... Yeah. It's easy to work within a structure. Exactly. I mean, I, as a creative, I love having restraints because... When it's like, hey, you can do all of this. Right. You know, and it's, you just throw the cri- universe. It's crippling. Yeah. Yeah. It's too many choices. It's like, right. you know, it's like going to the grocery store and it's like there's 50,000 types of cereal. Just limit it to three. I'm much happier. I can eat I, golden grams. Yeah. That's whatever. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah. So we shot the first one that you helped on and we got it done and. Turned out pretty good, I think, and everybody seemed to be amused by it. I've kind of been waiting on the other ones because I wanted this one to get done so I could use that sort of as a little bit of a sample reel. For yeah, kind of a lure to get people Exactly. Like, so it's like, oh, involved. I see. Yeah. You know, these aren't just like some stupid thing you're shooting, you know, 
right without it was so interesting to work on your film because I hadn't used those skills in such a long time and then I was on borrowed equipment and there was all these snafus that were happening and there were different times that my mind was like imploding and panicking and I remembered those old feelings right yeah (laughs) because we've both have worked on set a lot and there's nothing worse for me than the panic of something not working when you're on set on somebody else's dime right and it, right. It, it is terrifying yeah and and it really makes me sick yeah and i had that feeling a few times on set and then so many different things happened that made me unhappy with the audio and then like basically in my mind it was a complete failure for me because i, I didn't think myself creatively out of the problems that i was faced with right and then later on, I was like, oh, why didn't I just do that? And why didn't I just do that? And I was like, oh, because you're out of practice. Right, yeah. Mixed with not thinking completely clearly mm-hmm. and panic and yeah. dread and all these different things that made you go like, oh, I could have done that. And that would have right. saved this situation. Yeah. And so. But my, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I guess I'm bringing that up because I know you had a couple moments where. You had a couple terrifying moments that night as well. Oh, I, I had a whole, like, in the middle of it, like, we just finished shooting everything inside, and then we had to sh- get a shot of the main character outside looking into the window and looking at everybody kind of talking about him. And then, it, you know, when we had, when Eric, my DP, and I had gone through the shots and kind of, like, figured out how we were going to shoot it, we did it in the middle of the day, so it was light outside and it was light inside, and it wasn't an issue but now that we were shooting it and it was dark outside we suddenly could see the reflections in the glass of not just the cast that was inside but of us the crew and the camera and all this Total and nightmare the lights because it's not something that right it didn't occur to us you might it might have occurred to you had you been doing it a lot a recently. lot recently yeah, yeah exactly you're like oh later on it's going to look like this yeah so. yeah so it was just one of those things where it was like it just slowed down the the tempo of the shoot and I ended up like cutting a shot or two after we had already struck some lights so it was like oh I needed to get a shot of this and so suddenly it was that thing where you kind of get the sense that the wheels are coming <laughs> off and you're like I don't know if like I'm going to be able to salvage the end of this piece and I definitely started to get that like and it was also like you know you kind of move 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 and then right. you stop to eat and what you're eating is pizza which is like layered in cheese and right. suddenly your digestion slows you down and and so right. it was just one of those things where I was kind of having that, like, why did I think I could do this? Um, and, I mean, I've shot a feature before, but, you know, I had a full crew to do yeah. everything for me. And, and help you think yourself out of a bad exactly. situation. And, you know, it was just one of those things it where... It was a skeleton crew. We didn't have... Oh, I mean, it was you. It was yeah. me. It was my DP, Eric. And, and our grip was Dan Gildark, who is a director himself. And, like, the last person that should ever be touching grip equipment is another director because we sure. don't know what the hell we're doing with the, all of the, the no, mechanical was, stuff. For the little things that were troubling, there wasn't just that extra yeah. set of hands. Yeah. And that was but, I mean, ultimately what happened for me was, like, I saw Dan standing outside holding a lamp, you know, right. in the rain. And I was like, God damn it, like this isn't his project it's my project it's like get your ass in gear and get out there and right and get back on the horse and, so, and like once i kind of like made that mental jump i was back in the game it's interesting how like a little 
germ of an idea of negative thinking starts. This is for me. I, yeah, I don't know yeah. It's like a, like a little bit of self doubt starts. Oh, there was a, a moment in that night where I felt really good and like yeah. the adrenaline was running, and I was like, oh my god, I haven't felt adrenaline in a long time, mm-hmm. and this like good adrenaline yeah. that made me feel like I was operating quickly and moving fast and and that felt good yep and to be that in the moment and that focus yeah and then something happened that put that germ of self-doubt in me and then that started to multiply right. and fester and then I was having a full-on negative spiral and then I I pulled out a little bit later on but it'd be nice to be able to ward those off quicker i mean because that can those have turned me those have turned it shoots into complete failures yeah. i've had to walk yeah. off yeah. of things in the middle of doing them where it's unheard of and why i'm unhirable in this town <laughs> but <laughs> that's why i do a podcast now but like it i don't know it's fascinating it's fascinating yeah, when people no. are able to overcome it right better but i think a lot of that has to do with and i think a lot of the issues you were having like you've already said if you were doing this every day right you would have like had a a fix for every little problem you had probably within five minutes right but because you know it's that thing where it's like oh this has happened to me before this is what i have to do right? right you know again it's like what i just said about shooting through the glass if you are doing it enough that you have run into this problem before mm-hmm. you're going to take that into account even while you're just location scouting yeah. or something. It's interesting that how I assume that shoot skills, audio skills, um, video shoot skills are somehow static and they remain. It is like when you go on that first hike with your friends and you thought you were in shape. And oh, you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shit. Uh, yeah, I'm... And- <laughs> Not. I gotta stop here. How much are we almost done? Yeah. It's like no, no, no. This is like a tenth of the way. It's like seriously, this is a tenth of the way. I went on a bike ride the other day for the first time in three years. Oh, uh huh. I got half a block up the street, and I was just like, oh my god. Right. I used to do this. This was so easy, but yeah, and it, yeah. Skills for a short film shoot aren't easy to keep up because it costs money, right? And you have to have other people, yeah, doing it with you. Right. It's not like you can just do it alone. Luckily for me, I do this podcast and I can do it alone yeah and well well I guess you're kind of important right but that's I was gonna say that I was thinking about that on the way over because there's like I have started to do other things where I don't require a crew I've started to do a little bit of watercolor painting uh-huh. and I mean just even stupid stuff like on Facebook I've been kind of summarizing my day at, when I go to bed by writing a haiku and right, it's, and it's yeah. just something, and they're usually just stupid and goofy, right? And, and you know, I'm I not like sh- your haikus. It's like your 365 days of infinity are. Oh, right, yeah, was, yeah. Um, and I just like to say out loud what that is: is you would take, a, well, you you had a Polaroid I, I took, camera. I, I had a Polaroid, and I took I took a photo of myself uh, with the camera on January 1st. I think it was 2003. We did it, mm-hmm. and then uh, on January 2nd. Whatever activity I was doing that day, I documented also in a uh, Polaroid photo, but I included the Polaroid from the day before. And I would just repeat this cycle every day for a full year. And so literally by the time you're looking at the last photo, you're technically seeing 365 photos. You know, they're just buried 360 right. photos. Nested. Yeah, yeah nested into, into the original one. So, But yeah, so... I thought that was a very clever idea. Oh, thanks, yeah. Not only just really clever. I mean, you come up with a lot of clever ideas. That another thing I like about you is that you'll come up with something, and I'm like, really, truly impressed. You know, oh, and it's nice 
when your friends can truly impress you. Oh, that's it's, it's a yeah. nice thing, you know? No, I mean, that's nice to hear, because I feel like so much of the stuff I do is screaming into the void, and I don't know if anybody's paying attention to I, it, I, but I'm getting, to the, I'm getting to the point where it's like I don't care anymore. But also, you keep yourself going. I mean, you I don't think you're, you think you're good at self-starting. I think I've pointed out before that I thought you were good at self-starting, and then you naysayed me, thinking that you weren't. But I naysay I all that, compliments, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I see you as a pretty good self-starter. Mm. And even though you may have times where you feel like your confidence is lacking, there's still something in you that reads as confidence. Mm. Or but you still are okay with talking about the places in which you're not con- It's not this false bravado. I love talking about my problems. <laughs> <laughs> because it's therapeutic, right? Yeah, and so it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like when you have a dream that you don't understand and you think about it all day right and then a friend comes over to hang out and you're like oh my god i had the weirdest dream last night and then you say it out loud and then it's like oh yeah i'm dealing with this issue in my sleep that right. i have and and so i'm pretty comfortable talking about like whatever shit's going on in my life because right. it's the only way to kind of deal with it i guess mm-hmm. i mean I, I can do it creatively. You know what? I don't know if I can do it creatively. It's funny because I feel like a lot of the stuff that I get riled up about in my personal life never makes it into my work. And Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting, don't you think? Yeah, I do. It It's kind of frustrating, but I think maybe because I've sort of finally identified that, that hopefully I can start funneling it into my work. But, like, so much of my work, so many of my ideas, at least for movies and stuff... Um, they seem very escapist in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and then um, the, other th- <laughs> the other thing is that I have noticed that there seems to be a theme of being in somebody else. You know oh, what? like in the body of somebody else? Like yeah. Mrs. Baker? And, yeah, um, yeah. I wrote another script. Some, you know, Inher- Inheritance is basically about a young benefactress whose body becomes possessed by the spirit of her of her uh, her benefactors yeah. uh, you know a young yeah. woman comes to, yeah and um, and like I've got another script called The Soul Merchants which is about these two guys that are kind of on the run from the law that hook up with this guy who he was part of the Spanish Inquisition uh-huh. and, and he uh, he developed a way of transferring other people's souls into his to give him immortality okay and but one of the ways he makes his money is that he switches. So he'll take the soul of somebody who's old and dying, and they have to find him a young person that he can then take their soul and put their soul into the younger person. And so, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, I don't know what the fuck that's all so about. It's inter- yeah, so that's an interesting that you've figured out that you have yeah. a theme to your yeah, yeah, writing. Yeah, And, and yeah. Wh- okay, so... You let's- know what, hold on. i got to pee again. Oh, my God, I hate you. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be this happening. <sighs> thought so, but... And we're back from our break with Chris Christensen. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, he, he... Chris has a very small bladder. Smaller than girls, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought Vanderbeck's all had tiny bladders, but... No. Compared to you, I'm the mothership. <laughs> you are, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. What would you say... Is is your biggest problem right now then in your life? Uh, pr- uh, money. Money. Yeah. And this is okay. 
this is interesting because both you and I have kind of chosen, and it re- I really do feel like it, it was a choice, not happenstance, to kind of live outside the lines. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my friends have, you know, houses and condos and stuff that look like they could be in a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they drive cars that are mm-hmm. from a magazine, and they have they have really pretty lives, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't just... Dis- my, my, my car looks like it's from a magazine, but from Auto Trader. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's funky and cool. It's like my bike. It's funky and cool. The but grill. It's the up. grill fell off of it the other day. Uh, yeah. I was driving and the grill just fell off. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna die sooner yeah. or later. Yeah. But you're gonna drive it till it's yeah. dead. Yeah. But I think that you and I both feel the same way about, you know, if we have money, we're gonna spend it on gear, or something to do with our craft. Um. Yeah. I try to not do that just because. Film equipment is constantly changing, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's like, hey, get this hot new camera. It's only a hundred thousand dollars, and then it's like, oh, now it's out of date. It's yeah. a week later. That's so. where I'm lucky because a microphone is a microphone. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I mean, I feel like I don't know. I, I I've always like my dream has always been like I wish I had twenty bucks in my pocket. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, we're going to the movies. Great. Let's go. I got 20 bucks. Hey, we're going out for a bite. Awesome. I got 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Want to get a drink? Sure. I got 20 bucks. That's a really, really good way of putting it because that's the way I live my life right now. I think I have $15 in my pocket and I feel okay. Mm-hmm. And that's all the money I have yeah. at all. I mean, I, I think that I have yeah. like $2 yeah. in the bank. But it's, I have it a little feels more, okay. but not much. But it feels okay. Yeah. It feels like, oh, I have, if somebody at the spur of the moment wanted to go do something, I could do it with them. Right. And, and that is like a constant $20 bill, really. Because yeah, all the things yeah. I want to do are, you know, I don't eat. I, a lot of my, I mean, my friends that are foodies have no better than to invite me. Right. Because and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, yeah. I, I like a good meal, but like my favorite place to eat is the Wedgwood Broiler. Right. You know, which is like a crappy steak for for like 17 bucks. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, get me a plate of Pod CU and I'm happy. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but it is that thing where it's like, the, it's not the enormous amounts of money. But as far as, like, living outside of that, you know, Linda Berry, the comic artist, said that the reason she's able to even do art is she keeps a low overhead. Mm-hmm. And I do think part of me, even if I could move out of this apartment, the lower I keep my overhead, the more freedom I have. Right. And I, I'm not bound by, you know, I gave my car away. I don't have, I don't have any things kind of tying me down yeah. and there really are when i had my car it was just like oh, i got another ticket because i was here for 73 hours right and they know my car and they're just on me and yeah. it's like you're getting harangued constantly mm-hmm. and i think just the freedom of kind of just letting go of of let go of so much there's certain things i don't even try to keep up with anymore right fashion oh <laughs> yeah i i haven't i haven't bought a new piece of clothing and i don't know yeah. Well over a year. I mean, I think these boots are the last thing I bought and they're I like those. They're I buy these are 20 bucks. I buy them once a year on my birthday. And I've missed a cycle and so they're like falling apart and <laughs> But at least you have classic taste so you don't have to really worry, right, you know. Right, right. And if you wear all black like both of us are doing yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. then you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I guess I'm just trying to distill life down to I guess I'm trying to knock at the essence of like 
I don't know. It's not like I'm living simply so that others can live. No, no. I mean, I I truly am broke, but I also wouldn't trade my brokenness to, let's say, work at Microsoft. I've tried that lifestyle. You know, I mean, look, I don't fit into the corporate world. You know, last time I had a a corporate job, you know, my ex-girlfriend Ryan and I started a museum at work which was called Moot, the Museum of Ordinary Things, and we just started hanging little artists' descriptions of just the crap we would see at work and, you know, make fun of it. I mean, it's like, again, I think that comes from... A lot of my creativity comes from boredom or seeing something that's kind of angers me or pisses me off or makes me go, how is this Fortune 500 company... Like, you have open circuits on your wall. You have... Um, paint samples that have been here hanging on the wall for like six months. Get it done. Why? (laughs) It's freezing in here. Why is it so cold? You know, and so it becomes a thing. I start to make fun of it. Yeah, I don't know. But it's definitely one of those things where it's like I I don't still don't. I guess I thrive in a corporate environment, but not the way they want me to. It's funny. I just watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest again the other night. Mm -hmm. Like I related so well to it. Like, you know, here's this guy who's kind of this doesn't quite color within the lines, trying to maybe game the system a little bit. And it's all about, well, you can lock him up, but you can't stifle his spirit. To me, it feels like a corporate, like I feel like that in the corporate world. It's like you put me in this building where everyone is sort of like in lockstep with one another and trying to like spit out data, you know, uh, like, oh, we got a new phone we got to sell. And so how are we going to come up with a video to like sell this phone? Really? Like... They're all gonna be stupid. You're not. You're not gonna do anything that's gonna make anyone excited. You know, and they all scream for like, we want a viral video of this. It's like oh, that's God. not a genre. It's not a genre. You it's, can't call something a viral video. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like giving yourself a nickname, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. it doesn't work that way. And so it's just like you know, there's that, and then like I said, they think it's a, a genre, and and of course they don't want to do anything that might make something fun that you would want to share with somebody else. That's verboten. You can't have that in your. So it's just this weird. Yeah, when I, I used know. to drive to Microsoft, when I worked, worked at Microsoft, I could feel myself getting filled with anxiety and sadness and losing my will to live the closer I got mm-hmm. to building 187. Mm-hmm. And it made me so sad. And I was so desperately sad yeah. and finally had a complete meltdown there. But I don't think that makes me, I don't think that there's anything wrong with me because that happened. I don't think so. I, I don't, and, and that thing was like, I'm a rebel, I can't work, you can't put your chain, but kind of, you know, I kind of do feel like I cannot fit in that. Yeah. The corporate world is never going to hold a place for me. It's never going to happen. No. I, I've and, come to that realization. Yeah. And I'm, I'm freaked out. I mean, I'm 50, I'm skirting around 50, you know, right. what am I going to do? I am legitimately freaked out about money. And I cannot go back to workplace and be old enough to be the mother of whoever I'm is my boss. I cannot do that. I just don't think that my do you feel like a fifty year old? No, I don't either. Look at me. I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah, I I don't feel like it at all. I mean, I haven't had kids, so I don't have. There's certain things that give people a certain age or stature or weight that I haven't. There's portals I haven't gone through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I, funny because I'll, I'll go to a I'll go to a job with people that are 20 years younger than me, and I'll be like, "Ooh, look, grownups." Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I kind of like, do feel like the other 30 year olds. I kind of feel like just 
a 30-year-old. Midlife crisis has hit me pretty hard. It really is hard to face 50. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Yeah. And I don't know what it means. You do have to realize, oh, my God, I I am going to die. Yeah. And my back is going to hurt forever. (laughs) It's going to hurt every minute of every day. Yeah. Forever. And it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I can wake up every day and, and it hurts to be in my body. <laughs> uh, but I think that's just yeah, part of... Yeah. It's just it's just how it is now, you know? It's getting there. I mean, I, I don't have a torn rotator, but I tore it. Right. And I did it by turning. Well, you shouldn't have turned. I know, right? <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, really? And, and I turned and now I have a torn rotator. Yeah, it's brutal consequences for the slightest action. And I... You know, I ride a bike as transportation. I fear for the day that something happens where I can't ride my bike. Right. It already hurts my back, but I do it anyway because I'm not going to stop riding my bike. Have you thought maybe that riding your bike is what causes you back pain? It might be. Yeah. But like I said, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing it. Uh, It's funny. I mean, when we shot the Olympian, (laughs) you saw me like I had to bend over and turn a light off. And like I nearly couldn't get back up. Yeah, and, and those, like, what? those parts of aging suck. Yeah, they, they really they're do. Terrible. And now I'm like, God, am I ever gonna date again? And if I date again, like, is my body even gonna like? What's going You're on? You're gonna need special sexual devices I to know, help I'm you gonna... navigate the waters. Yeah, the <laughs> cheaters. <laughs> whatever, whatever the cheaters are these days, I'm right, gonna need right, them. Right. I mean, this is a special chair for old people that will still have sex. Great, fucking a. <laughs> Propping people up on pillows. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, why bother? Uh, uh, and, and dating is also another thing that in this internet age and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to do it. And you, you try. You do Tinder and I the, try, the but like, well, first of all, I'm like super crazy picky. Uh-huh. So, well, here's, here's a great example. So the other day there was somebody on Tinder who was like, oh, she's cute, but I don't, I don't know. Like, if, if it's really somebody I'd be interested in. And I spent like five minutes going back and forth over whether or not I should swipe right or left. And, <laughs> and I, swiped, I swiped right. You know, the thing about Tinder is like if they don't swipe right, it doesn't right. matter if you swipe right. It's and a Stargate. Like, yeah. And so, and so, of course, what's hilarious to me is like, eh, she apparently didn't swipe right. So it's like I wasted all this time thinking about oh i don't know if if she's really someone for me and then it was like well apparently i'm not someone for her so it doesn't doesn't really matter you know it's just so stupid that's happened to me where i thought well i'm i really thought i was single by choice (laughs) and and i was it was when it started yeah when i started being because i was always in long-term relationships for most of my life you know good I feel like I'm a good girlfriend and I was in good long-term relationships. Yeah. And then I became the single person, but I didn't, I thought it was a temporary thing. Like, I'm just, just going to be single phase. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just became completely entrenched in me, you know? Like, wait a second. I'm, I've always had a, I've always had somebody. Yeah. Like, what is this? Am I like the odd man? Am I, did I not sit down when the music stopped? Like, what happened? Yeah. And, and it, it now it, it, it freaks me out because I thought this was by choice. Now it is doesn't it? feel like it anymore. Are you sure? I don't know. I don't do anything to really change my... I'm not going to yeah. meet people here in my apartment. No, probably not. <laughs> and I don't do any online anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, I keep thinking that I would meet somebody the old-fashioned way, mm-hmm. but I used to be in the world, and I'm not in the right. world anymore. Yeah. I'm not part of things. 
It's funny. I mean, I I, uh, I relate to that. I've been trying to go out more just to socialize. I mean, right. just because, look, it's me and my cat sitting at home playing video games if, if I'm not careful. And so, uh, and the cat is very good at the video games, by the way. Like, usually beats me. So, yeah, I've been trying to go out more. But I don't know. It's interesting. Like, when you go out and you meet people, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, this is kind of easy to meet people. But, of course... As far as dating is concerned, it's like, oh, every person that I'm ever really interested in, oh, hey, surprise, surprise, that person's coupled. You know? Yeah, surprise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and hey, I, you seem really, you seem really awesome. We should get together. It's I, like, yeah, is it okay if I bring my boyfriend? It's like, oh, okay. Forget what I just oh, said. Yeah, wait, no, I'm busy now. And I, um, I really miss. You know what I miss? I miss a spark. I miss mm-hmm. when I meet somebody and there's a spark between us and we can't stop talking to each other. Yeah. And that's happened in non-romantic. That's happened with friendship. All my close friends, I've a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah. talk, talk, yeah. talk, you know. Yeah. But that romantic thing that that happens mm-hmm. very rarely, but when it happens, it just feels so good. Like yeah. Like you're talking to somebody oh, and they're yeah. interested awesome. in what you have to say yeah. and you're interested in what they have to say and, yeah. and you just can't get enough of each other and right, just right. keep talking and talking yeah. and talking all yeah. night long you'll talk mm-hmm. to this person yeah and i do miss that yeah i would like that that's like a dopamine rush like crazy well it's know? funny pj harvey's like my favorite singer right songwriter wannabe girlfriend <laughs> but uh, she's got this awesome song you know on uh stories from the city stories from the sea and it, it, the lyrics in it are like on a rooftop in Brooklyn, one in the morning. And it's like that whole, you just get that sense of like, oh, these two people met at a party and they ended up hanging out until dawn. And that's kind of like what you're looking for. It's that like, yeah. oh my God, I can't believe. like. And what you're it, in some setting that you aren't usually in because you, yeah. you normally say no to stuff like that. But they're like, right. let's go to this rooftop. And you're like, yeah. 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 I, it it's makes been a while since you've had that. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. I think right now... I'm kind of almost like fixated on that. I keep having dreams that are kind of like that. Yeah. Like I'm with somebody and then I wake up and I'm alone. I'm lonely. Like, oh, I really, you know, like, like I want that dream to go on. Yeah. You know, my thing, though, is I also feel like relationships are a lot of work. People say that they are. I mean, because like right now, I mean, I've been single for three years again. And so it's really easy if somebody goes, hey, do you want to go do this thing? Or do you, what, are you free? You know, there's right. no like, I don't have to check with anybody. And it's yay or nay. Yeah. Whereas, you know, everybody I know that's in a relationship. Hey, yeah, sounds great. Let me just check with, right. you know, no, the spouse. I, and it's I like, like not checking in with somebody. Yeah. And I also like, here I am doing this podcast because I'm lonely don't know how to connect da, 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 da. but on the other hand but if i was in a relationship i wouldn't be doing this maybe if i was in a long-term relationship i'd miss the freedom it, it and you know, the grass is always greener it's yeah right? and there is talk about freedom is another word for nothing left to lose i kind of you know I'm, yeah. I'm there yeah you know and there is a certain kind of jumping off feeling in my life right now because i'm stripped down to just this raw just animal stuff you know like mm-hmm. i don't know i i've had to face yeah. like I was in the psych ward. You know, I was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all these things yeah. have happened to me that I'm like, what in the hell? This is now my life. Like, I'm right. now, I'm now like trying to make friends in the, I like text people that I was in the psych ward with. You know, Do you like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to hang out? Well, you know, but yeah, I mean, things happen or I'll run into, I ran yeah. into this girl and she's like, Amy. And then you have this weird lunch, you know. <laughs> but um, I don't know where I was going with that other than, 
you know, life has taken some turns that I didn't see it come. They, they're not oh like, God. they're not like, it's, it kind of shows that like, wow, if you're looking at this, I am not a success in life. If, if it was my high school reunion and be like, oh my God, have you, did you hear what a loser Amy turned out to be? Right. You know, yeah, I would yeah. be, I'm that loser now. Right. Yeah. I the, kind of have I, lost. Well, but, I mean, I'm not saying that disparagingly. No, I know. But it, it could be perceived that way in somebody's eyes and I wouldn't have any argument against that. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is the thing. I, I think I think there's so much going on in what you're saying there. One of those things is context. Are you happy? You know, I'm not saying that I am. There are parts about my life that I'm very happy about. There are other things in my life that I feel could be better. But like in general, you know, I'm living on my terms and right. that there's something to be said for that. So it's like yeah, I drive a shitty 30-year-old car that's falling apart, but it's like, I kind of find that car charming now. I think it's just all about, like, what what do you want? And I think it's interesting, you know, I usually watch The Natural starring Robert Redford, like, as baseball season starts, and I watched it again back in April. There's a scene where he's in the hospital and Glenn Close is talking to him, and he says, like, oh, I guess my life didn't turn out the way I expected it. And she says to him, well, I think we each live two lives, the lives we live and then the lives we learn with. And I think that's something you only understand as you get older. You start to go, oh, you know what? I was supposed to be like a big shot Hollywood director by the time I was 30, and that didn't happen. And for almost the last 20 years of my life, I have festered over the fact that that didn't happen. Right. And now I'm kind of like, I'm going to go make short movies because it's something that I think is fun to do. And I just think it's like you just have to find whatever it is that makes you happy and let go of all the expectations and dreams you had when you were 12 because it's not like I don't want to make another feature film, but I'm not going to let that determine my happiness if I can't do that. It's like, yeah, you could go to a high school reunion and someone could go, oh, She's wearing like a hoodie and black pants and whatever. But it's like, who gives a shit? You know? No, exactly. It, and I've come around to that. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, there are moments to get to me where I'm like, Ugh, where I don't feel that way. But more and more, yeah. I'm coming around to um, more and more, I'm coming around to making my life smaller mm-hmm. and better. Yeah. Family. Friends, friends, the closest of mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. I've been having conversations with people I've known for so long, you know, and deep, deep, deep friendships. Yeah. And exploring those and deepening those. And, right. and I just want to be closer to the people I'm close to. Yeah. I don't have to make a bunch of new friends. No. I also, if anybody can get any kind of solace or I know for me when I was diagnosed with the bipolar two and when all this stuff happened with my depression and blah 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 i was looking searching 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 just for content in a way like this yeah um just people talking and it was so helpful that there were certain interviews where people were very open and it was practically life-saving that maria bamford did this episode of mental illness happy hour and spoke for like an hour and a half with somebody Mm -hmm. so openly i actually feel better that this person spoke this way so i'm trying to heal myself and if that can help somebody else then that's awesome right well i mean i think that's also one of the you know like with any any tool you've got can be used for good or evil right yeah and so i think just like that the internet i mean i think that's one of the upsides of it is that you know 
there you suddenly have access to emotions or experiences that that you wouldn't necessarily have yeah look had how openly to. Mark Maron speaks oh my God yeah he really goes there yeah you know, and brings it and he's been very helpful to me yeah to listen to his he's amazing yeah yeah um I gotta pee. Oh. in Brooklyn at one in the morning